We've been talking about the gospel. We've been talking about the kingdom of heaven. We've been talking about a lifestyle of evangelism. Would you just say that with me? Lifestyle of evangelism. Who remembers what evangelism is? Good news bringer. Yes, so good. Okay, we have heard testimonies. We have heard about the the distance that sin creates between us and the Father that wants to be reconciled back to us. Jason did a brilliant job talking about that. There's a distance. There's no rejection coming from the Father anymore because we know that Christ, I'm sorry, that God was in Christ reconciling the, the world back to himself by what? Not counting their sins against them. Okay? But there's still a distance that we must close by accepting his love and repenting from sin so that we can close that distance. There's no wall. The wall has fallen. But we want to close that distance. And so he did a brilliant, brilliant job sharing that. Um, Red, and, and how'd you guys like getting a double dose of Team Crab? Come on. Was that good? So Tom and Red came and brought testimony after testimony of God moving and these, these different stories of seeing how the kingdom breaks through and the presentation of the gospel brings salvation. Okay? And so as, as we've been on this journey together, and, and, I, and I started by kicking off and sharing with you, what are the, what are the foundational pieces of the gospel? Why is it good news? It, it has to be good news, or else we can't be a good news bringer. So we want to make sure that it's good news that we're actually bringing. And what is that good news? That good news is your father, number one, you have a father. Number two, he's not mad. Number three, he's in love with you. Four, sin and Satan have been defeated, and so you can be freed from sin and selfishness and separation from God, and you can be reconciled because Jesus Christ has brought justice into the universe. There it is. Amen. Let's pray. Now I feel like I should. Lord, I pray that you'd bless my words. I pray that today God is going to be another shift, another step towards you. Greater revelation from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And God, I pray that fear would be broken off of us as a people. That we would be known as those who love, who love, who love. Because perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. All right, I'm going to jump in here. 1 Samuel 17, 31 through 40. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. Let me give you a little backdrop. David just showed up. Goliath is there talking smack about God and his armies. And David shows up and sees Goliath. And he goes, who is this that's talking smack about God and his armies? I can kill him. So then here we are. When the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. And then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard. Come on. Now that could mean one or two things. Number one, you shouldn't grow a beard because if you run into a warrior, he will grab you by it and slay you. Or number two, I'm going to move on. When I grabbed it by its beard and I struck and killed it. 
Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. And moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And so Saul clothed David with his armor, he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he also clothed him with the coat of mail. Okay, now, first of all, I want to say this. David was already a specialist in the area of grabbing big, dangerous, hairy beasts that were threatening those that he loved. He already had some experience. He had a testimony that was his, and he knew what was what when it came to dealing with big, loud creatures that are trying to hurt things that he loves, okay? So he comes with that testimony, and he presents it to Saul. He says, Saul, listen, man, I've already stood the test in this area. I already have a testimony in here. In fact, here's what I did. This is how this went down. So it's no problem to be messing with this dude. I'm going to kill him. And Saul is like, dang, okay. Uh, that sounds good. Um, okay, do it. In fact, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I, that, you should, you should do it. And in fact, not only that, you should do it how I would do it if I were going to do it, which I'm not. <laughs> you should do it how I would do it. So he gives him his armor, okay? How many of us... Now track with me, how many of us will encourage other people to do something our way, even though we have no intention of doing it? You can say ouch. All right, so David is good. He, he, he fastens his sword to his armor. Oh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Oh, yeah, he put it, okay, clo- okay, so I'm going to start here. So Saul clothed David with his armor. He puts a bronze helmet on his head. He clothes him with a coat of mail. David fastens his sword to his armor and tries to walk, for he had not tested them. Okay, so David ain't no dummy. He's like, oh, okay, well, I can give it a shot. So he puts on the stuff, you know. And David said to Saul, I can't even walk in these. I haven't tested them. So David took them off, and then he took his staff in his hand. He chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. I just, you know, quick little for free. I love that it was five. Number one, I've heard that there were four other brothers that Saul had, so he was like, hey, I'll kill all of them if I need to. But I also like the fact that it was five, because five is the number of grace. How many of you know that there is a grace on your life to slay every giant that comes into your life? How many of you know that there is a grace on you to be effective where you are? Come on. So he takes him, he chews for himself five smooth stones from the brook, puts him in the shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the rest is history. He realizes right away, I don't have a testimony with a spear. And I don't have a testimony with chain mail. In fact, I don't have a testimony with a sword, but I tell you what I do have a testimony with, grabbing a bear by his beard. I have a testimony of rescuing a lamb from a lion's mouth. And so David went in the grace that was on his life, and he defeated 
the giant which is in the land, and Israel became free. The plot has not changed. It's easy. It's totally, it's easy. Tell, say this with me. Evangelism is easy. Now give me your best face, just like this. <laughs> I just like the picture so much. Okay, I believe a great problem that exists when it comes to evangelism for us is that we have heard all kinds of techniques of evangelism. Well, I just said to that young man when he came in, I said to him, are you washed in the blood? And the young man looked at me and he said, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. There are all kinds of great testimonies that we've heard. Honestly, when you first heard that, said, well, I went into a restaurant and I saw this guy and the Lord told me to just look him right in the eyes and say, are you washed in the blood? And he fell down on the ground. Ten demons came out of him. He, he got saved right then and then preached to the whole restaurant. And everyone in the restaurant got saved. And you're like, oh, that's amazing. So then you go to Subway and you're like, have you been washed in the blood? And they're like, <laughs> What is, do you go to Christ Center? <laughs> what, what, what happened? What, what went wrong? You know what I mean? What went wrong? What is going on? You know? It's like, are you saved? They're like, do you mean from climate change? I, I recycle. Is it, I don't think I understand what you're talking about. Okay? This is an armor problem. This is me. Okay, let me, let me, go, let me just back up here. I feel, I feel like, how many of you remember Lethal Weapon? Remember Leo Gitz? Okay, 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 okay. All right. <laughs> I have to say it one more time. Okay. <laughs> this is a style problem. This is not, okay, here's the deal. David tried to picture himself fighting Goliath as Saul, and he wisely rejected that. Remember we talked about, you remember when I preached, <laughs> please say yes to this. Remember when I preached that seeing is believing? That you have to picture it, you have to see it in order to go make it happen. You have to have a vision. That's why it says write the vision, make it clear so the herald can run with it. That's why we build, uh, architects will build the, the building first so the investors can see it and go, I can see that. I will invest in it. But until they can see it, you can't build it. you got to be able to see it. All right. Well, for us, we, if we're going to go do something, if I'm going to say, I can say evangelism is a lifestyle. Say, say that. Go ahead. Awesome. What does that look like? Okay. Number one, several of you are like, I have no idea. That's okay. Thank you for being honest. The rest of you are like, it looks like fill in the blank. You know, handing out tracts. Maybe some of you comes to mind. Some of you are like somebody on a street corner, you know, repent for others. It's friendship evangelism. Hey, brother, you want to go for some coffee? Um, you know, I'm not knocking a friendship evangelism, by the way. I don't know why I used the tone. It sounded bad. What I meant was, hey, dude, you, me, coffee. Okay. Several different pictures. Why? Because in order to go and do something, I have to have something that I'm actually connecting with. Okay? Now, here's, here's what I believe is a problem. If I have to imagine myself being someone else in order to do evangelism, in order to be evangelist, evangelism, let me say be, in order for me to be evangelism, a lifestyle of evangelism, if I have to picture myself as Doug Easterday in order to share the gospel, do you see a problem? Yes. 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 
Okay, but I, I really believe this is true for many of us, maybe most of us. I'm going to leave wiggle room for many of us. Now I'm going to go with most of us. Is that we picture ourselves as someone else, and then we're like, and then I will, and I'll do this. How many of you, you hear Tom's testimony, right? Okay, let's, okay so Tom's testimony is that John says to Tom, you know, hey, Tom says, well, I just want to drink beer and raise hell. And John says, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, but he's also John, says to Tom, well, don't let that keep you out of heaven. Which honestly doesn't even make sense, because it actually would. But the Lord was on that, wasn't he? When John said that, that it broke through what Tom saw as a religious spirit. Because Tom had heard the gospel before, but he heard it in this weird religious way. It was like, you're going to have to become a law keeper in order to get into heaven. Tom's like, I ain't having it. So John shows up under the unction of the Holy Spirit and says, don't let that keep you out of heaven. And Tom goes, this is real. And the Holy Spirit met Tom. Now we have an evangelist in the house because of that, right? Okay. So now I'm going to go out, and every time anybody says anything, I've learned, I just simply say, well, don't let that keep you out of heaven, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been completely useless to me. I believe that there's many ways to the Father. Well, don't let that keep you out of heaven. That's called heresy. Just, just, if you're listening to this on the podcast, I, that's heresy. It's also called sarcasm. Okay, now what's the point? What is my point? The point is none of you should be John Bowers. The point is none of you should be Tom Crabb. Why? Because he's awesome at it, and you're not. We have a style problem. We have a style problem. Would you say that? Okay, the good news is we can solve this style problem. Because if I can begin to picture me sharing the gospel, ah, there's something I can pull off, right? I have a testimony that actually happened to me. This is really good. Isn't this good news? I mean, all of a sudden, it gets really limitless. Now, here's the deal. There's a grace on each of us to share the gospel where we are. I want to I throw in some more scripture here. Matthew eleven twenty seven through 30. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and, and the one to whom the Son was, wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. I love this. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What? Yeah. This... This is such good news. Okay, it's easy and light when you be you. You know what you're really good at? Being you. Do you know what it is that all of your friends have in common? You. They like you. That's why they're your friends. They work with you and enjoy you because you're you. You have a unique grace upon you to be you and a unique grace upon you to share the kingdom with those that are with you. Did you know that you are more 
equipped and more anointed, say anointed, to reach the people that are near you than I. For some of you, you're like, yeah, I totally know that. For some of you who hold me in esteem, think I have some kind of secret. No, I don't. I'm just really good at being me. I'm very comfortable with me. And I also happen to be an extrovert, which would really irritate a lot of the people that are near you guys who are introverts. Did you know that? Did you know that you're an introvert for a reason? God made you that way? There's something unique about you that you can shut up and listen to people? Did you know people like it when you listen to them? I'm just going to bask in that for a minute. There's a grace. (laughs) There is a grace that is on you to share your testimony of Jesus Christ with the people that God has put near you. And that grace is not on someone else. And it is easy to share good news with the people that are near you. Isn't that good? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, I want you to understand something. Did you know that not one of you has the power or the ability to convince any single human being to become saved? You don't have the ability to lead anybody to Christ either. You have the ability to tell people good news about the kingdom. And the Spirit of God is already working with them, but will continue to work with them. And when you speak your testimony, say that. I said that, but I meant my. See, he works in spite of us. Yeah, my testimony is carrying the Spirit of God. We overcome by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of our... The thing that we've tested and seen. And that's easy. Now let me finish with this scripture. And then we'll have opportunity to go share our testimony with whoever we're taking to lunch. John 16 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart... I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I love that one every time. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan has been judged. Come on. I think that's why we hear this thing about, don't judge me, man. The person who hates judgment, Satan, the only one who's actually receiving any right now, is always throwing that in our face. Like, don't judge me. You're like, I'm not judging you. <laughs> I, wonder who they, I, wonder who they're, I wonder who's inspiring that. It's a free, free one right there. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear to hear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will, and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. What's my point here? He will convict, when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin. It is not your job to convict the world of sin. When you share the goodness of God and you speak of what he has done, 
I'm not saying that you don't speak about sin, because everybody's fully aware of sin, and you need to bring it up. It's okay to bring it up, all right? I'm not saying that we're avoiding that, but what I'm saying is you talking about sin doesn't convict people. And so if you're thinking that you can bring conviction by talking about sin, you're missing the point. You need to talk about sin because it's part of the story. It's part of the reality. It's the actual, there's a problem here. There's a separation. There's a distance. But the pressure is not on you to try to get people to feel bad enough to repent. The Holy Spirit actually convicts of sin. And I love this too because he says, of sin because they do not believe in me. So, Think about this for a minute. Now, if they reject Christ, then that's a sin. That's true. But this is interesting because he says, of sin because they do not believe in me. You know who doesn't believe in sin? People who don't believe in Jesus. So somebody is going to have to help this person to understand what sin is. They don't already believe in Jesus. This is so simple, I feel like we're missing it. Are you getting this here? Since they don't have a connection with Jesus yet, something supernatural is going to have to happen in order for them to be convicted of sin. And that supernatural thing that happens isn't you. You're bringing the good news. The Holy Spirit is perfect at bringing the great news about how they don't have to be bound by this anymore. Is this making sense? Why am I, why am I emphasizing this? I'm emphasizing this because I believe that where we go wrong, again, is that we begin to try to do the Holy Spirit's work. Evangelism is easy. When I act like me and I let the Holy Spirit do the work. All I have to do is open my mouth and share the good news of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, of forgiveness of sins, of being reconciled back into the family, and that the enemy has been defeated. Do you see that? And the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. And the Holy Spirit convicts of righteousness. Some people might say, well, I'm not that big. I'm not that, I'm not that bad of a guy. The Holy Spirit comes and says, you're not that great of a guy either. I mean, when you measure by your own self or by the worst person you know, sure, you're not that bad. But I love this. It says, because, he says, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Why did he need to say that? You, Jesus was the perfect example. He was the actual standard. If he was still walking on this earth, you know what we would do when we shared about Jesus? We would say, okay, you know, you know Jesus, right? You know the guy that lives in, in Israel? Yeah, I know Jesus. Well, you ain't him, are you? No, I'm not him. Okay? But he's not actually on the earth anymore. So you can't refer to Jesus on the earth as the standard. So the Holy Spirit comes in and refers to Jesus in heaven, seated in the heavenlies as the standard. This is going to hit you guys all a little bit later during lunch. This is a big deal. <laughs> and then of judgment, because Satan has been judged. Everybody on this earth is looking for justice, but they don't know who the enemy is. And that's another big reason why this gospel is such good news. I wish I had time to expound more. But here's what I want to end with. You are awesome at being you. There is a grace on your life to reach those around you that you are uniquely situated next to, that you are uniquely chosen by God to speak to. 
And evangelism is absolutely easy if you are you and you'll share that good news. One of the testimonies that one of the, that one of the uh, students gave was that she had come here. She's in the midst of success. She's been accepted at this university. She's working towards her, uh, her uh, master's. And she said, and I wanted to kill myself. Now, most of us, we go, oh, yeah, if I found somebody and their life sucked enough, then maybe I would be able to present the gospel because it would be against this backdrop of failure and misery, and then it would be really good news compared to the really bad news of their life. And we're sort of waiting around like, is it getting bad enough for you? No? Okay. Oh, you're making more money than me. I actually think you're happier than me. I'm not sure I can give you the gospel right now. Wow, everything you touch turns to gold. I don't know if I can give you good news. You know, you're misunderstanding the gospel at that point because your situation in life has nothing to do with whether or not the gospel applies to you. The gospel applies to every situation in life. Here's this woman who is actually in the midst of being at the very top of success in her nation, and she realizes that it's completely empty because she doesn't have she's not reconciled to God. There's no value. So she realizes at the pinnacle of success that it's actually missing everything that's actually valuable. And so right before she kills herself, God brings an intervention of a friend who came and presented Christ to her and she got saved. And she obviously didn't kill herself. And she was sharing her testimony. She was in my group. And she was sharing her testimony with seven other students at my table. Why do I bring this up? Those of us, I don't, I don't think there's anybody in this room that isn't already in the kingdom. If that's not true, when we, when we come up for prayer, come up and, 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 and be reconciled to the Father. But I actually think everyone in this room is reconciled to the Father. And may we not forget that there are those who have no hope. Your worst day is better than their best day. They have no hope. And, I, and I'm, my prayer right now, Holy Spirit, come. My prayer right now, Holy Spirit, come. Is that we would begin to understand that we have hope within us. Yeah, okay, maybe you have some debt. Keep giving unto the Lord and let him show you wisdom to get out. Yeah, maybe your family is going through some struggles, but you know what? It's not killing you. Why? Because you have Christ. You have hope. You have a companion. You have a Lord that never leaves you. You have a comforter that lives within you. This is not guilt. God doesn't use guilt. I'm not using guilt. I'm just reminding you who you are and who is with you. And I'm saying to you that for most of us, the greatest thing, that, the greatest challenge that faces us is like, oh, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm not sure if my life's really being effective. For most of us, it's like, am I actually reaching my personal destiny potential? And even though those are good questions, they're not the right, most valuable question. They're a, that's a luxury question. That's a, 
That's a luxury question. That's so beautiful that God affords that to you because you're sons and daughters where you can go, oh, am I actually doing everything I could do? You know, could I make more money? Oh, that'd be cool. Can I, can I do more than I'm doing? Oh, that'd be cool. Great. But those are luxury questions. Those come after you've been born again. There are those that all of that's meaningless because they don't have hope. Is this making sense to everyone? And I feel like what we need is a gift right now, a gift. I want the Holy Spirit to gift us right now with a nice, fresh dose of the reality of his love and his kingdom and what we're actually carrying. Who wants that? Who wants that? Let's stand. Lord, I don't want to say anything cute right now. I, I, I don't want to come across as dramatic and a great actor right now. Holy Spirit, what I want you to do right now is come and fill our hearts fresh with your fire and your love and your confidence and your peace. And I'm asking right now, God, as, as even as we've stood, just as, a, as just as an act of obedience to say yes, that you would come and refresh us with our first love. And refresh us with our first love. This is what we ask, Jesus. This is what we ask. And for those of you that would agree, I just want you to say, I receive that. All right, go be you. If we could... Uh, You, uh, if there's anybody here that needs prayer, please come to the front. The, the prayer servant team is, is here to pray with you. Prayer servant team, if you would be there to pray with those that come. I still went long. It's all right. Did a great analogy. Loved yeah. it. Did you? Oh, lo love that analogy.